the word that I want to share with you this morning. I believe it is a word for the day, a word for the hour, and it is basically this. It's time to amp it up. It's time for us to amp it up. Do you know what an amplifier does? An amplifier, obviously by the name of the word, amplifies the sound of an instrument. We use them for voices, right? A bullhorn. We use them for instruments, and they amplify the sound and the volume. This is one of the main reasons that the body of Christ gathers together, that we would amplify the praise of God into the earth. We would amplify our faith together. Because there's days where I don't feel very strong in the Lord, but when I gather with a brother or sister and come together and we begin to sing, their faith ignites my faith, which ignites the faith of someone else, and together we sing words and songs that amplify the majesty of Christ. That's why we're here. And it is a day and the hour for the church to turn it up. We have to amplify the glory of God of God. Let me help you understand that all of creation is here to amplify the glory of God. Psalm 19 verse 14 says this about all of creation. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. Amplify. The heavens proclaim. They display the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Creation is amplifying the majesty of God simply by displaying its design and its grandeur, its beauty and its glory. And day in and day out, you don't have to turn a switch on, turn a switch off, it was made to display His glory. And do you know what the crowning pinnacle of God's creation is? Do you understand what is His highest And most rewarding creation in all that he has made, man. It is us. But not only do we display his glory, his majesty without words, he has given us something beyond all creation, and that is words. The ability to form thought and speech, to create beauty like he does. And to put our thoughts and speech together and to proclaim his handiwork. I do not have to be a silent witness. I hope that I am. I hope that my actions, when you look at me, you would look and say, he must be a follower of Christ. That you can tell by the way I treat my wife, my children, my friends, my relationships. By the way I treat strangers which is the gift of hospitality. The true definition of hospitality is stranger kindness. And in that, my life amplifies Jesus. But I've got something above and beyond all of created order. The ability to speak. The ability to amplify his glory intelligently, creatively, 
and speak to others. And it's time the church got back to its position and began to speak and proclaim to the glory of God. That's what Jesus came to do, to proclaim the kingdom. The Bible says in Mark 16, in the Great Commission, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the good news. Guess what it says? To whom? All, everyone. Mark, in fact, says all of creation. St. Francis took that so seriously, he would witness to squirrels and birds. I'm not kidding. That's why you ever see, you know, little statues of St. Francis with, you know, he's feeding birds all the time? Because the guy took it that literal. And when he was preaching to people, he'd stop and preach to a dog. Oh, I don't know about that, but what, why not? But to preach means to proclaim. And the Greek word for it is caruso. Caruso. And, and it means to herald as public screaming. Hmm. Well, that doesn't sound too sophisticated, does it? The reason I can remember the Greek word is I don't know how many of you understand opera or know Italian opera, but there was a famous opera singer named Caruso. And the man could belt it out. There's a good way to remember preaching. Be an opera singer. <laughs> Belt it out. So we are to preach, we are to herald as public screaming. Now, in Matthew it says this for the Great Commission. He says this, and this good news of the kingdom will be preached, Caruso, will be screamed, will be yelled, will be shouted, will be heralded in all the inhabited earth for a witness to all the nations until the end comes. We're not supposed to get quieter. We're not supposed to be silent. The church shouldn't have faded out in our culture or society. Somebody turned the volume down, and it was never supposed to be turned down. The commission is preach, proclaim, and herald. Now, Jesus did this. It says that Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of God. And what did he proclaim? A very simple speech. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. That's what he proclaimed. That's what he heralded. John the Baptist prepared everybody for that message. Jesus came and proclaimed it. Now there's another word, the didache, didache, which means to teach. And he said that he would proclaim everywhere and go into the villages and teach and instruct. The Great Commission in Matthew says that we are to go and proclaim the gospel to all nations, and then it says, teaching them to obey all that Christ has commanded. So there's a two-part effort here. There is the proclamation, which is sowing the seed, which is going to all of creation, which is telling everyone always how great our God is, like the sun shining, like the moon shining, like the birds singing, like all of creation. We are always to be proclaiming the goodness of God. But then there are times with those who have come to receive that message, we then instruct. But what I'm talking about today is the proclaiming, the heralding, the loud public screaming. Now look it. 
it does nobody any good for a lunatic to go out in the middle of somewhere and just start screaming at someone. You need to have a message, and you need to have a point, and you need to have an audience. But the point of heralding is very, very important. And God is telling us it's time to turn the volume up to 11. Not 10, but 11. In the last days, do you think that the world needs to hear the gospel? In our culture right now, do you believe the world needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Let me ask you, do you think this world needs hope? Do you think it needs help? Yeah, it does. And there are two points that we have in our proclamation and our heralding. Gladness and gravity. Those are the two things we need to amplify. Gladness and gravity. Do you remember what we are to proclaim? The gospel. The gospel, which literally translates to good news. And so part of our proclamation is we've got good news. We have got really awesome news. And I'm telling you right now, our nation needs to hear good news. We've got all sorts of fake news. We've got all sorts of agitated news. We've got parties and people that are split and divided and yelling and angry. People shouting at each other. There's a lot of people proclaiming in the streets. How many of you know that? Where's the voice of the Lord? Where's the proclamation of good news? Where's the proclamation of hope? I used to be this, but now I am that. I used to be in such a place of hatred, but now I have love. I used to be in darkness, not understanding. Now I have truth and the light. I've got good news for you. I've got hope. And so the first part of our proclamation is gladness. This is really, really good news. But we shy away from it. We act as if it isn't good news. Come on, I know half of you people. I, I know most of you, but... You know, if you had something good to eat, the first thing you do with your mate, your spouse, or friend is go, oh, 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 you got to try this. Not during COVID, but oh, you got to taste this. When you're overwhelmed, the first thing you want to, oh, you got to watch this movie. You got to see this movie, especially during COVID. We got nothing else to do. Except get closer to the Lord, we heard the word of the Lord. Oh, you got to see this book. You got to read this book. You got to listen to this song. Oh, you got to. When we like something, what do we do? We herald the good news. This thing is awesome. You really got to love this thing. What's happened to our love with Jesus? If we've lost our first love, we're no longer proclaiming. We've gotten used to it. And we have to remember in fact, we got to get glad. We got to get glad. So many Christians are, are pretty sad, pretty sorrowful over the state of our nation. There's reason to be sad, but I'll tell you what, you're passing through. We belong to another kingdom, and despite who's in a white house or in an oval office or uh, uh, in a mayor's or a governor's office, despite all that, there's a king that I serve, that I'll serve whether, no matter what the regime is, I'd like to try and stop different regimes, but as best I will, I will serve the Lord at all times. And I will proclaim a glad tidings, the gospel. That's what they called it, glad tidings, right? And we've got so many of us ready to give a woe of prophecy of doom and death. 
I've got a better angle at this. You read the book of Revelation and half the Christians believe it is just misery and torture and torment. But if you would see the gospel in it, when you would recognize that after every move of devastation, there is a call to salvation, and in chapter 7 it says that there are so many people who got saved through during the tribulation that it was such a number that no man could count. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That's the whole reason we're going through all this. For souls. For souls. Oh, but I don't want to be uncomfortable. It's not about you. It's about the glad tidings of a king who's got a plan that you serve. That's the second part of this, the gravity of it. People are going to hell. And I think we've kind of turned the volume down on that. A lot of churches turn the hell volume down. Because that's not, we can't get people to come back if we tell them if they don't believe our way, they're going to go to hell. Gee whiz, that's kind of hard to, to take. Maybe if we soften it and just say, Jesus loves everybody. You belong before you believe. No, they don't. I'm sorry, they don't. The only way to belong to the kingdom of God is you must die on the cross with Jesus Christ. There's only one remedy for sin, it's the blood of Jesus. And if you won't receive that blood, the sin remains on you and you will be eternally separated from God. There's gravity to this good news. It is great news for you if you'll receive it. I've got to make sure that I'm loud enough and clear enough for you to understand the message. There have been too many preachers, too many churches, too many Christians that are not talking about the gravity of the good news. Because if you reject the good news, you will be eternally lost. So I have really good news for you, and it holds a very heavy weight of gravity. Would you please consider understanding that Christ died for you? It won't take you too much to help people understand they're sinners. Basically, everybody recognizes that. And you know what? They don't mind. How can that be? Because we've not, as the church, turned the volume up and proclaimed the true gospel of Jesus Christ with gladness, but yet with gravity. So we must declare this. And so that's what the Great Commission called us to do, to proclaim and also to teach. Paul said this, I am not ashamed of the good news, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is a righteous, it's the power of God unto salvation. Now this, wow, catch this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? Good news. It is a proclamation. That's the gospel. We've turned it into certain religious rites. If you do this and get baptized and do this and take that and say these words and do this and do that. It is a proclamation. Salvation is a proclamation. In that proclamation is the power of God unto salvation. Isn't that awesome? Turn it up to 11. Do you know that if you would proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and he died for our sins to save our souls, in that message, 
However you want to put the pieces together creatively, however words bring it together, whatever actions, but the proclamation of that information has the power of God unto salvation. That proclamation carries the pneuma, the Holy Spirit, in it. I'm telling you, ask, it's hard here in America. You've, you've grown up uh, under oppression, the oppression of prosperity. But talk to, the, talk to the Pakistan team. Talk to a team that goes anywhere else. They simply have to proclaim Jesus Christ and people will come wanting to know because the move of God's spirit, the proclamation of the gospel just moves on people. I've seen it over and over. So it's kind of hard on us, but we shouldn't turn the volume down because it's hard on us because we have to contend with everybody's self-sufficiency. Right? That doesn't take, their response does not take any of the power out of your proclamation. Still proclaim the good news. Still proclaim. If someone doesn't accept Jesus, is that it? I quit. Forget it. Message doesn't work. I'm done. I told someone they didn't receive Jesus. I'm done. I did my part. Your part is to proclaim at all times, everywhere, always. And how hard is it to proclaim your love for your master and savior and king? Are you embarrassed of him? Is he kind of like, you know, an embarrassment? Jesus, could you wait here while I go in? Could you, shh, just don't, don't say anything. I'm with my friends right now. Could you, I'm going to watch this movie. Could you kind of like talk to the father for a minute? There's a scene in here that really you shouldn't see. I mean, how often are we really aware that we walk in the glory of God? We carry the power of salvation. It is through the foolishness of preaching that God has determined to save people. Through the foolishness of proclamation. So proclaim him. And don't worry. Well, I don't have a degree in theology. A trumpet blasts. Blow the thing. Blow the trumpet. Sound the alarm. Do something. You have a voice. The sun doesn't have a theological degree. I'm talking about, you know, the, plant, the, the star. Mountains don't have theological degrees, but they proclaim his glory all the time. So can you. Did he save you? Then proclaim it. Does he love you? Then proclaim it. Does he minister to you? Does he hear your prayers? Then proclaim it. Tell somebody. Hey, start with the squirrels. I don't care. Start with some dogs. Work your way up. You'll have better responses <laughs> by some of the animals, for sure. Get your practice in. But let's proclaim. Paul said this. Paul understood the, the power of the gospel in proclamation. When he went to Corinth, he said, the, look, he said, look, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Philosophical teaching... No, he said, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Paul went and proclaimed who Jesus was. He didn't get into the deep details. When you saw him on Mars Hill 
where all the philosophers were, and they're sharing their concepts and philosophies, he just got up there and said, look it, I see you got a lot of gods here. Let me tell you about the one that's called unknown, and he proclaimed the resurrection. That's it. He proclaimed the good news of the gospel. Jesus died for us went and, and, and rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father. That was his proclamation. Just proclaim what you know. And that's what God's calling us to do. Now, we're to amplify his glory. Let me read you a portion of scripture. You, as you grow in your knowledge of God, should be amplifying in your proclamation. 2 Corinthians 3, you know this portion of Scripture, one of my favorites. 2 Corinthians 3 says this in verse 18. It says, uh, we with all unveiled faces behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Spirit of the Lord. And he goes into the story about how Moses, standing in the presence of God, was so filled with the glory, once he came down the mountain, he had to put a veil over his face. And we think that he put the veil over his face because he was so, you know, glowing in the dark, people freaked out. But Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, the reason he put the veil in was because the shining and the glory faded. But we have unveiled faces our understanding and power from the holy spirit of who god is does not fade the glory does not fade on us as it did in the old testament we've got the power source in us the holy spirit it doesn't turn down and fade ours should turn up and increase with ever increasing glory now, I know you've been through some hard times. I know you've been through some disappointments. But it's time to look into the face of Jesus Christ in the Word of God, and it's time for us to turn the volume up. There's a lot of old people in this room. You figure it out. Therefore, if you've been in the Lord longer, you should be louder. Your proclamation should be greater. I don't want somebody, hey, praise God for a new convert. They get all crazy good, don't they? New converts, they'll tell everybody. They will tell their dog, their aunt, or uncle. They'll tell everyone. They're radically saved, right? Till they start getting hurt and people mock them and all that. But how many of you know new converts go nuts, right? It should be quite the opposite. As the longer you are with God, we should be proclaiming with greater measure greater glory he says he goes on to say this about that increase of proclamation therefore having the ministry by the mercy of god don't lose heart don't fall away we refuse to practice cunning and things that the word of god says we shouldn't and he says this if our gospel is veiled it's veiled to those who are dying in the case, their God has blinded the minds of unbelievers from seeing the light of the glorious gospel. If there's a fading, it's on the unbelievers because they're not seeing the light. The God of this age has blinded them. That's a classic reference to the American culture. They're blind as a bat to the glory of God because the church has faded away. And it is time to proclaim 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time to speak the gospel and pull the blinders off their eyes. And the way to do it is proclamation. Start with decreeing and declaring who Jesus is and what he did for you. Is this too hard? Then we must do it. I close with this. It's time to amp it up. Some of you check your amplifier. Some of you have been playing really soft. Some of you have been playing with earphones in. And no one else can hear what you're listening to. The gospel was meant to be proclaimed. The gravity and weight of it is essential and important. And so we have to be bigger and louder than all the other voices. Can you agree with that? What will you do about it? First, trust that this proclamation has power. The power to save. I'll tell you what. Once you bring someone to Christ, you get hooked on it. You begin to see the blinder fall off their eyes and the hope come into their heart. And so I'm going to commission you this morning with the Great Commission to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Would you stand with me this morning?